Hello and thank you for joining us for this episode of Tonic Talks in celebration of Clerkenwell Design Week. Today's episode is the second in our mini-series and our guest is Sam Frith, the Creative Director of Solar Ceramics. Sam, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks Rosie. And Sam, you. could you um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Solus? Yeah, so I've been working at Solus for about two years. Um, I've come primarily from, um, well, in the last 20 years I've been working in the construction industry, specifically in ceramics, tiling, commercial tiling, with various different organisations. I've come to Solus as creative director to help them with their positioning and um, the uh, and products. I may, mainly focus on um, their showrooms, um, their product offering through supply chain and their marketing. Fantastic. And prior to joining Solus, um, you know, we were chatting earlier today and, and you've had quite an exciting career, haven't you? You've been all over, all over the world. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was lucky and fortunate enough to work in the creative industry in Japan for many years. And uh, that really kind of taught me a big lesson about what I wanted and what I didn't want from uh, creative aspirations. Um, mm. But then came back with my family um, after being in Japan for sort of seven years, seven or eight years, to work in London in the tile industry. Great, great. I bet that was really interesting. Very, very different um, sort of culture and ways of working. And yeah, yeah very interesting. Great. Obviously, we've got Clerkenwell Design Week coming up, which is huge in the in the design world. Um, can you tell us a bit about what you've got planned for that week? Yeah, so um, we've, I'll, I'll just go backwards a little bit and kind of sort of talk about kind of how we're leading up to Clerkenwell, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Um, so we're we've rebranded um, just very very recently. Um, our marketing team they've done an incredible job of rebranding the company. Um, the reason that we rebranded was because we felt like we had an incredible group of people within across the organization but our branding didn't really communicate who we were in the way that we think we deserve to be kind of seen mm. and so that brand that rebranding positioning piece has really kind of helped us feel more confident about how we uh, are presented in the marketplace yeah. and obviously Clark and World Design Week is a huge uh, event that kind of gives us a platform or an opportunity to kind of engage with our client base in ways that we don't often get throughout the year. So mm -hmm. we've invested quite a lot in Clerkenwell Design Week this year. We've got a string of different activities which we're very excited about. Um, we're leading it with um, an art installation by an organisation called Japaniak Te, who are primarily architects, but um, that's being funded and supported by one of our key suppliers, which is Iris Ceramica Group. Oh, fantastic. That's really exciting. So, I mean, it's a big time for you guys, isn't it? Because you've had a lot happening with your with your branding, with your studio. I mean, I've got I've got your new business card in front of me here, and it's lovely. It's a, <laughs> you know, you can definitely see that a lot of work's gone into that. So. It's a really fresh group of young uh, fresh-minded, creative people at Solus. And, um, you yeah, know, it's a pleasure to work with, really. I mean, it feels like a place that's um, not too difficult to be proud of working within. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's not an organisation where one person takes any credit. It's really kind of spread very kind of liberally across the, the team. That's lovely. Um, and that's kind of something that I'm really keen to kind of, like, keep promoting is yeah. that... You know, none of us are as good as all of us put together. And that's something that we're kind of really keen to, to work with. It's such a strong value to have, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And, and, and values is something that we're kind of very much interested in looking at, sometimes more than uh, just tiles. It used to be the tile industry used to be quite sort of um, focused purely on product. 
and like look at this product look at this look what we've got and actually that is still very important but the values behind those propositions is equally as important and something that we've really focused on yeah that's great I mean you know and us as, as designers that's really important to us as well that we're specifying products that share our values and that put values before product and sales I think that's that's so important for us as well yeah the way we access them a lot is that obviously we have a big supply chain so recently we've tried to condense that down to so that we're working really focusing on uh, like-minded organizations Mm. within our supply chain from sustainability but also quality and price and kind of offering and availability and Mm. location and all these things so they're all very important to us and we've found that by really focusing on the organizations that have the same or paired values Mm. allows us to access uh, narratives that we can use in our marketing that actually quite generous in their spirit they're not just about we're the best company or we're the best product it's like this product was made using this process and the process becomes the story that allows us to kind of talk about why it's relevant to the market. Mm, and it makes it more, it makes it memorable, doesn't it? You know, if there's if there's values and a story behind it, you then talk about it really passionately. Yeah. And we love that as well. For us to be able to say to our clients, there's a really nice backstory to this. And, you know, it gives us the story and the content as well, as it does the end user. So, so we've prioritised on that. For example, in our latest quarter magazine, mm. there's the, the front page, which I'm... Yes, up is, um, uh, t- there's a story called the Temple of Wine, and it's it's a very interesting story about a very small but very established terracotta factory that's been making tiles since the 1700s, mm-hmm. that supplied products for the Antonori winery, and um, you know we got to go there, photograph it, talk wow. to the people. It's really exciting. I mean, yeah. it's a, a piece of architecture that I think every architect should know about. But what's lovely about it is it's a winery made from the materials that the grapes grow from. Fantastic. So that's amazing. Kind of, but yeah. It's, yeah. Um, I suppose that makes you, you know, I suppose you've got like a, would you say it's a transparent supply chain? You know. I'm trying to make, yeah. so, I'm trying to make it that way yeah. Yeah, as much as possible. I mean, I don't think we're kind of trying to hide it, hmm. but obviously it's, it's quite complex. But the way we've done it is we've partnered with key factories and that leads on to what we're doing at Clerkenwell and soon to be Manchester, which we're working on at the moment, is we're running quarterly events where we invite the key supply chain partners in and then they support uh, small or developing architectural practices or design firms to put on quarterly events. Great. And they use the space at Clerkenwell, which has now been sort of repurposed and re kind of thought about to. Um, put on exhibitions that aren't necessarily just about our products but mm. about their values about what's going on in the marketplace that are that generate conversation that create uh, dialogue that help us create content that's not just about um, marketing but more about kind of like offering a conversation that's worth having yeah and it's creating a community isn't it around it as well yeah I mean we are we're already in the community I just don't always think that we have realised how that's a responsibility. Yeah. Um, it's easy to just think, oh, we're a supplier, we supply products, but we are part of a community, so mm. we have a responsibility to try as much as possible to to kind of stand up to the conversations that are relevant. Mm. Fantastic. So you were telling me about something really exciting coming up, and this is your film that you're releasing. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so a few years ago, I was introduced through an architect uh, who was then a colleague and now a friend, Simon Astridge, to a book by an architect or educator called Johani Palismar. And the book was called Eyes of the Skin. 
And the book was used as a sort of inspiration to understand how we could approach a project which was all about uh, creating a, um, a space that was about surfaces, hard surfaces, tiles, products from the earth. Mm. Um, I, I was sort of made, Simon made me read the book um, and the first few rounds of reading it, I, I have to admit, not being an academic, it was, um, it was challenging for me. But after I sort of persevered, it really kind of hit home to me how kind of there's more to the materials that we work with in the built environment than just the way they look mm. and um, started getting interested in the way they feel, the textures, the different ways they sound, the different ways they appear from the senses other than the way that they just look from the eyes. Amazing. So kind of started to kind of think about through Eyes of the Skin by Palismar, thinking about how the products and materials that we choose, select and work with, um, how they respond to other senses other than sight. Yeah. Fantastic. That's, I mean, that's, that's amazing. And, you know, I was sort of speak with our designers in the studio and say, you know, actually, when, when you think about the end product, if we can activate more than one of the senses, you know, it definitely makes something more memorable to the end user. And, you know, I think you go into a supermarket and they're pumping out the smell of fresh bread, you know, it's, it's not only making something look amazing. It's, I guess so. But I think that that's, that's quite, um, that that's quite a kind of manipulative mm. way of kind of th- using the senses. I, I guess I'm, what I'm more interested in is, is how they can add a benefit to the built environment. And I think what Palismar does and the reason that we've invested and gone and met him in Helsinki and talked to him and created a short film about how he sees architecture is because he's... Um, He's got some really great ways of approaching architecture that I've benefited from personally, and we think that it's actually worth hearing. I mean, he's on the reading list for, so I'm told, when you study architecture, you you are given eyes of the skin as a piece of literature that you need to kind of absorb. Um, And therefore, we think that, you know, and he's he's in his 80s. Oh, wow. um, uh, But very charismatic. Mm. It comes across brilliantly in the film. It's a very short sort of like... 30-minute film Mm. uh, or interview but comes across charmingly and brilliantly and also quite still very kind of on it and very sharp fantastic and when's that being released so that's over Clarkmore Design Week um so I think I can't remember the exact day that it's on but it's um it's on our if you go on a website you can see the itinerary of events and it's being showcased there but then we'll kind of have it on a loop yeah uh, in the showroom at uh, Overdue Course that's really exciting I'm, I'm excited to see it so that would be great so Palismar's really inspired a whole new approach to materials for you guys at Solus. Um, in terms of inspiring others, you told us a little bit about your new showroom. Um, can you tell us some more about that? Yeah, so just leading on from that, so the showroom, as it stood six months ago, was a great space positioned in the centre of the design district in Clerkenwell. Mm. Fantastic positioning uh, on the corner of um, Clerkenwell Road and St John Street. But it it lacked purpose, it lacked kind of relevance. It was a space that you'd go and everyone would come in and go, wow, what an amazing space, but with no clear sort of, other than to look at products, with no real sense of purpose. Mm. And so we kind and also after COVID, we've kind of come back to um, looking at the purpose of a showroom and architects don't want to go to showrooms every yeah. day and select materials. Mm-hmm. What we found that people like is they like to be invited to an event. Mm-hmm. They like to be invited to something that's relevant to them in a way that transcends just looking at material. Mm. So it's not just about pushing a product. It's about creating an experience. experience. Isn't it? So what we've done with the showroom is we've we've kind of like been quite bold. And at times I have sort of questioned it, but I think we've done the right thing. Is that the ground floor, we've now sort of kind of completely made it 
almost like a blank canvas with lots of facilities. So there's a fantastic place to present from with great sound. There's a fantastic audio-visual area with a screen that comes down with a, a laser projector that gives you really clear visuals that you can present from when you need it but then disappears when you don't. Oh, fantastic. Um, there's a, a worktop that also doubles up as a reception that also has this incredible induction cooker on so you oh, can wow. cook from the worktop so it cooks through the porcelain oh wow um, and so and so we got some of the sales guys who've only been kind of half open for a week or so but um you know they're inviting their clients in for breakfast and cooking them making things so actually the purpose changes they're, they're giving them something other than um they're giving them a bit of their personality yeah yeah um and that's that's lovely through the medium of cooking which is like that's great. Yeah, I mean, so, everyone can relate to cooking, so it's... A, yeah, so as a starting a point, before you start yeah. saying, look at the range, mm. which we wouldn't say, but as a, as a sort of way of, you know, as a starting point, you're kind of starting from a, you know, who are you? How can I help you? How can we talk? How can we kind of, like, start a communication process that's mm. going to be completely relevant to what you're doing? Um, and that sort of blank canvas allows us to also invite, as I said previously, quarterly uh, contributors in to run events. And because it's because it's quite pared back they're able to completely own the space yeah um so we're booked up for two years oh much. wow so we're wow. Bu- we've got like some incredible things coming up some of which i can talk about and some of which i mm-hmm. can't some of which is completely already sorted and some of the things we need to kind of like work through yeah. but it's what's always really exciting about what we're doing there is that we just don't know exactly how you know what's coming next mm. um in terms of the creative process so we're really trying on the ground floor to link big factory partners that we've got with contributing designers, architects, artists, poets, whatever they might be, um, and create experiences that are relevant to the built environment and to our world of supplying uh, hard surfaces. Mm -hmm. That is actually interesting. It's got some some value to it. It's not just about selling a product. It's about offering more than that. It's such a unique approach, isn't it? But I think it's so relevant to, you know, as you said, post-COVID, like, everyone's changed people have changed the way they do things people don't just want to go into a showroom and you know look at things they actually want to experience it and know more about it and and actually live it and feel it as well so that's a really really great opportunity for you guys. yeah so we've got this ground floor this amazing space which is effectively a facility for all of these different aspects of the relationships we run the exhibitions that we want to do the um the experiences that we're keen for people to have um, and the things like uh, Clarkmore Design Week that, you know, we have to sort of service and kind of create something for. But then we've also got the downstairs area, which is the basement, which we've created a very comprehensive library of materials, which is, I guess, more of a sort of what you'd expect from a showroom, but actually what we focused on is more of a library. So there's catalogues of different categories of product so that when someone comes in, they go into the basement, they talk to the people that are going to be working with they get to understand that person they get to understand each other yeah. and understand what they're looking for and then uh, somebody can take your architects down to the library the resource center mm. and can lead and find the materials that are completely relevant to that conversation yeah rather than kind of polluting the experience with look at this room set or look at this book match marble or look at this preconceived idea of what we think someone might want yeah it's more like a library yeah it's that's fantastic like- for us being able to bring our clients to places like that for experiences like that it gives them a lot more confidence in what we're doing as well so that's fantastic I think think what we're trying to move away from is this idea that showrooms are 
these kind of strange spaces where you're you're being pushed a certain set of ideas mm. i think what we'd rather have is someone to come in and say have you got and then that leads on to yes we have and and then there's areas where we've got photography areas where you can photograph the materials we've got um, areas where you can dry lay things and invite the whole supply chain in from contractor to main to client to main contractor yeah. to architect and then you can you know we can set up um, uh, dry lay areas where everybody can walk touch feel the product that they're actually considering for these important projects brilliant it's quite sort of down to earth in its approach um but it's also sort of quite common sense yeah it's not, yeah we're not, trying to, we're not trying to be flash yeah. you know? and the palismar element to it one of the things that we're influenced by and this is down to simon simon and nick who nicholas who have worked on this project they suggested that we take some clay from the west country mm-hmm. and that we mixed all of our discontinued samples crumbled them down and mixed them in so all of the walls are rendered with our products that would usually go into hardcore for roads yeah and be repurposed in that way they've been repurposed as a finish that's aimed at the design community oh, so fantastic so it's a really lovely kind of like atmosphere to the space that's um that doesn't have any chemical smells like mm. paint can it's like it's got a special feel to it the space now mm. that we've got these surfaces everywhere so can you tell me about your exhibition for clark and Wild design week Yes. So Chapaniac Tay are the architectural practice that they've designed an installation that's named Cloud to Cloud um, for a very big, very innovative company or tile producer or surfaces producer called Iris Ceramica Group. Mm-hmm. And so Iris are taking on the space for the quarterly event that I referenced earlier. Um, and they've appointed Chapaniac Tay to design an installation called Cloud to Cloud. I haven't seen it yet because it's not been installed, but yeah. it's fascinating the way that the brief was written. And basically what they've been challenged to do by Iris is they're building an installation that references the way that clouds recycle water. So they're actually building a structure that in front of our very eyes recycles water in the way that a cloud would. Wow. Um, and so that's that's that's, go, that's at the front of the showroom. Yeah. But then the reason and then there's talks and there's kind of activities surrounding uh, and associated with why that's relevant to Iris Ceramica Group. And Iris Ceramica Group are very interesting because they've always been innovators in sustainability. When you talk to them about sustainability, they're very keen to sort of point out that in their 50 years or 60 years of, of operating, they've always been banging the drum on this subject. So it's not a new trendy mm-hmm. thing for them. Um, and all of their processes in the terms of the way that they recycle water, the, the way they approach materials, the, their sustainability profiles, like really key to their identity and always has been. It's not like a something they've just jumped yeah. on. And so this idea of using a cloud as a metaphor for the way in which we all need to think, this sort of circular way of thinking, is a great starting point for a conversation mm-hmm. that is actually happening in lots of different places, but yeah. maybe needs to be deeper in its context mm-hmm. or content. Yeah. Well, I really look forward to seeing that. That's fascinating. And a, a topic like that sort of coming to life in front of your eyes as well, that's must be very, very difficult to achieve. So, Well, I'm, we're going to have a look at the mock-up tomorrow in a warehouse. So they're making it before it gets installed and they're all kind of quite excited. So we'll have some images. The One of the things that's been challenging is that obviously it's it's we've got drawings and we've got things, but we kind of want to make sure that we get an accurate representation of what it's going to be before we release any imagery. Yeah. So I'm hoping to get some imagery tomorrow and then be able to sort of share it. Mm. Great. Well, I'm really excited to see it. I'm excited to show you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sam, this has been great. It's been really great chatting to you. Is there anything else that you want to tell us about that we've missed? I mean, I could go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm just really excited to be working with... Um, 
I mean, we're a, we're a company of 103 people now. Oh, wow. And the, the efforts that go in our head office from our samples team to our warehouse team, all of these people are doing remarkable jobs and they're often not kind of at the forefront of our messaging. So I think one of the challenges that we have is we have to find a way as a business to kind of really um, show how grateful we are to everybody within our business and yeah. the whole chain of different kind of skill sets and ways that people work across the business so it's it's really more complex and more interesting than we can ever kind of really portray yeah so um i think the challenge for us and the thing we're going to be trying to do is to try and bring all of those stories within our business into a relevant kind of set of narratives and stories that people will respond to yeah fantastic thank you so much for joining me sam it's been great having you and i'm really excited to see what happens next thank you very much thank you thank you